All right, guys, welcome back to the Live Loud Life podcast. Uh, today, uh, Kendra Sato is joining us from sunny California. They still call it sunny California, right? They do. And it's been raining, but today's actually sunny. Oh, there you go. There you go. Which is so funny because Colorado, technically, I think it, I don't know if this is just a rumor, but it has uh, the the most sunny days out of the year than I think most states, even the Sunshine State, Florida. Uh, we mm-hmm. sun, which is nice and sunny today here as well. So uh, welcome. Uh, say hello to everyone. Tell everyone who you are, what you're doing, so on and so forth. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I was really excited when you invited me to be on your podcast. It's been a long time since I've done a podcast and I haven't done very yeah. many. So super fun to be here. Um, and I've been a fan of your work for... I can't remember how long since I've been following you, but you put out really great content. So it's good to that. connect. Yeah. Um, so about me... Uh, I've been a trainer for 10 years and more on the functional fitness side. So I got really lucky when I got into this world and I started to come up under, you know, a really incredible athletic trainer um, at a local school here in the area. But then he introduced me to like the Mike Boyles of the world, the perform better world. I never really had to learn from anybody that I later found out wasn't as incredible as I thought they were. So only got to learn from the best. And um, so here we are. That's awesome. And then so... Your early introduction was through athletic training? Initially, um, I thought I wanted to do maybe athletic training because I grew up in sports. So I thought I wanted to stay as close to on the field as possible. Um, so I took a, I did an internship for, let's see, I did sports med and then I did human nutrition stuff and, and it just didn't work out. Like it was a little bit too reactive for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, it definitely is. I did um, uh, at CU. Uh, at CU here, I did my last year, I was a student athletic trainer. So I wasn't nearly as involved as the, I mean, I say this with grace. It was more or less at times a glorified water boy to a certain extent, but we got a lot of hands-on training, right? But some of it, you know, we weren't as reactive as like injuries happening, but Mm -hmm. the speed of like, you know, we had to get football team out for practice and you had to tape a bunch of ankles and then you had to do a hip spike and then you had to do this. And while that was fun at a certain degree, it wasn't my it wasn't my pace at all either. I think it's it's super fun. I loved being like on the ground floor with the athlete, um, and especially different ones. But uh, kind of reactive in the sense that you're reacting to injuries, you're reacting to issues. Um, and I just same thing with physical therapy like that. Just was potentially a path, and like this isn't it for me. I need more involvement on the forefront and less cleaning up the mess afterwards or putting the pieces back together as much. Yeah, um, and I love that. So that kind of segues into uh, the topic that we were chatting about beforehand is kind of, you know, what I had asked, like, what do you feel people think that you do well and or what you feel you do well and or that you enjoy? So a, a proactive approach. And as we were stating, it's like, how do we integrate? I, I might be paraphrasing the kind of the terms that we had used, but integrate mm-hmm. this quote unquote philosophy model into everyday life for for anyone. So I'll let you kind of, you know, take take it forward and like what what are you doing from a proactive sense with your clients, with your community, with your platform? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, we have 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it could be as specific <laughs> as possible, but more so it's just like, Hey, I like, like I'll, 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 I'll start for an example. Like at live loud is like our goal is to help guide you to the adventurous life you're meant for. Now we are chiropractors and, and, and rehab providers. So we're also doing pain management, but as you know, through everyone, like I've taken all, as many perform better things as you can. Our focus is proactive too like anyone who's coming in with pain is realistically unless you just injured yourself 
from a sports setting more appropriate, but from who we see, most people didn't just injure themselves, but right. yet there was a proactive component that wasn't addressed with, right? And that's and yeah, that, absolutely. That's the key to the puzzle. Yeah, I think so. My approach is very uh, inclusive in a lifestyle, so I work with a lot more general population athletes than I do competitive collegiate or professional athletes, um, and I actually prefer it that way. I do love any athletes we have a lot in common as far as like mindset and realities and all that kind of thing and identities. But I feel like you make more of an impact with, you know, quote unquote, gen pop athlete. And, you know, when I got into fitness, I didn't really like it very much in a sense that uh, I was always very active, but it, nothing called to me as far as spending hours in the gym. Like that was the last thing I wanted to do. So how I actually got into training, I could hardly explain, but I stuck with it because I started to understand very quickly that you don't just exist in the gym to people and you're not just there to make them sweat or make up or make sore. Very, you know, rarely do those things happen. Uh, maybe not the sweat, but the other two. And it was kind of more of like, wow, I exist in this world to help people have better lives. And it has, fitness is really just the catalyst for that. Um, you know, so it's not, you have to be a fit person all the time. It's not, you have to love fitness or fall in love with it. It's the activity that is more of my approach. So, you know, if being in the gym is only a tiny little supplement, that's perfect. If you are getting outside, playing with your animals, your children, your friends, um, going on adventures, doing yard work, <laughs> helping people move because you are the one that has a truck, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. That all counts. That's activity. That's a fit, active lifestyle. And I think it usually catches my clients off guard when they hear that kind of thing. And they hear that I didn't really have much of a passion for fitness, for being in the gym type fitness. Um, you know, so I like to level with people and I like to figure out like, you know, from their perspective, what is this going to do for them? Why are they actually here? How do we weave it into your life instead of I'm trying to shove it down your throat and make it, you know, a big, huge part of your life? Like, let's see how it can kind of coexist with you in a little bit more of a, a welcoming and uh, sustainable way. Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, and I one hundred percent agree with you on that. We see we see Gen Pop, and and to be honest, I think it's one of the more challenging population to work with, just from a mm -hmm. mobility standpoint. Is and and I say older because everyone I'm saying is older than me in this category, although I'm, I'm closer to getting there, but like my, our parents age, right. Is, yeah. There's so much impact because they, they were thinking like, I live life and I forgot to integrate this into my life. And all of a sudden, like things just started going downhill and it's never too late, but they're such a fun population to work with a, because they see the value of it, but they're kind of like mm -hmm. remembering. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is what my life was like. And I forgot about it. And it's just that small integration into, it doesn't have to be a lot. And I think a lot of people are still stuck on, I have to do a lot. It has to be intense. It has to be, you know, really tough and very kind of crazy, I guess, for lack of a better term. And that's very intimidating to step into um, and deterring for most of us, myself included. Um, you know, so very early on, I was lucky enough to not have a background of being very passionate about fitness um, and just be an active moving person. And seeing how it kind of kind of takes the limits off of a lifestyle and, and that enables people to kind of get more off the sidelines and into the game, whatever their game is. Um, it's more impactful and it's more sustainable and it matters more to them because it, you know, good coaches understand it has nothing to do with that. It's not our show. We're you know, behind the curtains in somebody's life trying to make it better. Yeah, no, that's so, I mean, I think, I think what's good too. And I don't know if you kind of have a similar conversation with people is like, 
I always use the term context, right? Like everything we do in here, it has to have some sort of context into everyday life. Otherwise, it doesn't it doesn't mean as much. For some, it might mean more. But if there's mm-hmm. no context output, and from a which I know kind of similar conversations, you know, people like Capo Bianco and Dr. Cody and things like that, right? As we yeah. it's a lot of the same conversation is when we're trying to implement a new a new movement a new feeling, a new stabilization structure. It's like, okay, well, when you're doing hiking, moving a friend, whatever that is, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, implement this and see how it, see how it goes. And then, and then all of a sudden your neurons start just putting those pieces together and it has so much greater impact. Absolutely. What are some of the buy? Bi- I mean, I am biased towards a few tools. What are some of the tools that you find as, as far as, you know, lower, now I want to say that's maybe not the right term, but lower barrier of entry, but making that barrier of entry into fitness and integration. What are some of the tools and methods uh, like for me, it's kettlebells, right? That you mm-hmm. like using that you have found to be really helpful for this quote unquote gen population and the and the feeling and the and the problems that they're having of wanting to do these things. I'm a huge fan of kettlebells as well for so many reasons. I tend towards the more um, universal tools. You know, barbells are great. I'm also a huge fan of dumbbells. Um, you know, I don't shy away from weights. It doesn't matter the age or demographic demographic that I'm working with. Everyone I work with is going to work with weights in some capacity. Um, and I do find that while it's initially very intimidating when I bring out a big kettlebell or I bring out some dumbbells or, um, you know, anything like that, it's really cool to see a very quick evolution for most people when they see this big, huge weight or what they think is a big, huge weight. Mm-hmm. And their immediate thought is, oh, I don't know about this. She might be shooting for the stars here. And once they figure out how their body can handle it, you know, with the right form and the right foundation in place, it's really incredible. So I really like using weights as much as possible um, to kind of empower people as quickly as I can, because the more confident you are, the more you're going to be willing to kind of push the envelope a little bit um, and then be more, you know, empowered to take on other stuff and be a little bit more open to what else can I do versus I don't think I can. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, using the term like, hey, let's just try, right? Yeah. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And then we know what we need to do, right? But if you just try with those foundations in in, in place, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to see people light up and they're like, oh, I did not think I could do that. Yeah. And it's really the best part. And, you know, to kind of backtrack a little bit, like I never put a weight in someone's hand unless I know that they have the range and they have the foundation of strength and understanding of, of enough movement for whatever it is that I'm asking them to do. So I set them up for success for sure. I definitely hedge my bets, but um you know, I don't really bore them with all these details. Like when I'm asking them to do a stretch on the foam roller, when we're starting to begin, I'm looking at, do they have shoulder mobility? Does it go straight into their back? Do they, you know, have all these prerequisites? And then once I know they do, I don't have to tell them that I can just show them. So, you know, it's a lot, some people come in and they really want to understand everything that we do and why. And I love that. Yeah. But if you're reading the room, some of the people are not super into it and they don't need to know what they're qualifying for. They don't need to know what they're at the moment, like not necessarily appropriate for. Um, so I kind of figure out their foundational attributes first. I build them up and I never set them up for a failure. Um, but then, you know, they don't need to know everything along the way for the most part. And so when they find out what they're really capable of, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's why I partially like, well, certain kettlebells, like I have um, most of mine are rep, but I'm looking at them right now is that's kind of nice thing about kettlebells is you can't always see the weight on it. So sometimes yeah. you don't even tell them. It's just like, hey, I know you were able to do this last one, right? And I'm just like, hey, we're just going to go up one. And they're going to sometimes they'll ask like, oh, well, how much weight? So I'm like, does it matter? 
I'm like, just do the things that we t- taught you or yeah. you learn and, exactly. and see how it goes. And and then oftentimes that's when the big, they're like, oh my gosh, that was way more than I thought it was. But then it's also cool because it creates so much confidence and like, I felt like it was 30 pounds, but yet I did 60 pounds. Like that's a big discrepancy that they had no idea of their ultimate potential. Yeah. It really works to your advantage too, being in the US and most people don't use kilos. That's if you have a bell that's like 24 kilo, they're thinking automatically 24 pounds. Yeah. And then they get after it and you're like, oh, that was actually 53. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> that's what really does, fun too. I think one of the things too, when someone, you know, is either looking for a trainer or they're trying to find someone to again, help integrate this into their life is they see people and they're just like, oh, well, you've been doing this for 10 years. Like, I'm not going to be able to do these things. So can you break down a little bit of like what your training looks like? And and and, my, and now, but also like over the years that got you here, because um, I always share sometimes people with, uh, and I will say having some kids' minds kind of going this way <laughs> to a certain degree, <laughs> but what does yours look like? What's been able to give you the strength, the capabilities, uh, dare I say, you know, when someone is con- or interested in aesthetic appearance of tone and muscle, what do you do for working out? Um. So it's had this really incredible evolution because for the longest time, I did not work out. Work was working out. I would just set up weights. I would break down weights and then I would go play outside. Mm -hmm. I did not like being in the gym any more than I had to be. So I literally did not do any formal workouts for years. It just didn't hold my interest. I wanted to learn movements. I wanted to play with them. And then that was kind of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then actually through the pandemic. So um, my fiance is the lead at a facility nearby and I could go in, but only when there were no clients in there at all. So I'd have to go in at five o'clock in the morning. I'd have to be done by six. Oh, dang. Luckily during a pandemic without kids and animals, that's a pretty easy thing to do when yeah. you have no responsibilities, you can't go to work and everything else is online. So, um, that was really the first time I had ever been very consistent with working out on my own. And then I started to realize I really like if I'm by myself or with a friend or something, uh, I really like to do strength training. So bigger, heavier weights, slower movements, a lot more breaks, not necessarily just sitting on my ass. Just, um, you know, if I'm doing deadlifts, then I'm going to supplement it with something else like a mobility drill or, um, you know, a press or something that's slightly unrelated to the muscle group that I'm using. So I'm not wasting time, but I'm also not just hammering myself away. Yeah. And then I realized that I kind of hate doing cardio by myself and it's just, it's the worst mind game I can possibly play. So, you know, I'll go to, to kind of more hit or high intensity classes that do a little bit of like lightweight strength, mostly, you know, metabolic training type stuff because misery loves company and I just don't want to be alone. And if I have a little bit of competition with myself or we have our heart rate monitors on, or I have a friend who's pushing me. I'll do a much better job than if I were by myself and I'd probably last maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of the split now is strength training. And then I do a little bit of like the classes and stuff to just get myself through. And so are you doing, do you have like a set amount of like, I do three days of cardio, three days or two days of strength, two days of hit, or does it vary on the week? It varies a lot. Um, one of my jobs is pretty sporadic. So sometimes I do have to travel last minute. Sometimes I just don't have, you know, the energy that can be extended on workouts and it kind of throws things off. So I don't, I do well with structure and organization, but I don't like rigidity. 
um, especially in the realm of working out. So it tends to work out that it's maybe two days of strength training, um, three to four days in the classes, metabolic training, cardio conditioning, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then I try to get my butt outside once a week, if not more, at least for a walk, a hike, something, um, bike ride, what have you. So it's really just how I'm feeling. And I really base it also off of like, do I feel like I can take this on and do a good job? If not, I'll find an alternative. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is like, did I sleep well? Am I eating well? Did I actually remember to drink water? It's not an easy thing for me to do. Um, you know, do I feel like I can tackle this and I'll come out better on the other side or do I feel like I'll be destroyed on the other side? And that kind of dictates my answers as well. Yeah. And that's such a, I think that in terms of the integration to the gen pop idea is there's so many elements, right? You're, you travel from time to time for work, Mm -hmm. me as a parent, other people as whatever that role is. And, and the term that we're referring to is some sort of ready state preparation, right? And and it's yeah. integrated by a lot of great personal trainers and coaches and programs there. But that's something we always try to integrate and tell people is like, hey, how do you know you're actually feeling well? And I think this is where, and I don't know if you use it because I, I think you have an Apple Watch from what I've seen, right? Is it Apple Watch? or It's a Garmin. Garmin, right? So yeah. I was for a while looking at heart rate variability and stuff to try to see that. But it's, it's, it's intimidating even for someone who, me, who knows a lot of that stuff. I'm just like, man, it's a lot to track that stuff, but also then just trying to tune in. So this is for everyone else is is just like trying to tune in. Yeah. What was your sleep last night? Right? Like Mm -hmm. our family's going through a cold, like kids are getting up. I'm all these things. I'm not sleeping as well. And so what I had planned today is not nearly what I had intended to be just based on that preparation. And too many people just... go in and thinking it's just like, well, I still got to get, I still got to check the box. I still got to push myself regardless. And slowly they just start beating themselves up. How do you, how do you respond to people in that way to help them better understand the physiology and everything that's actually happening? Um, so it's different if I have the control versus if I'm advising, if I have the control as in someone's under my care, um, as a client, then my number one job before anything else in the world is to keep that person safe. So if I know they're running on empty and they're here to, because they either mentally have to check the box, emotionally have to check the box, want the time away from whatever it is that life's thrown at them, um, we'll adjust accordingly. So I may still have them do some strength work, but they're not going to be allowed to do anything more high intensity. They're going to be able to do a couple heavy lifts. They're going to walk around. We're going to relax. We're going to chat. We're going to do whatever it is that they need to do. And it's going to be really dependent on their capacity. Yeah. We could also be very quiet. I have two former clients that just love talking about the day we had a yoga session. I'm not a yoga instructor, but they came in so destroyed and so over it that the best they could possibly do is be there that day. Yeah. And they it, luckily, it was the end of the day. Last session, it was just them and myself. We turned the lights down and I literally just, I turned on my best version of a yoga voice <laughs> and we stretched and rolled for an hour. Yeah. Um, when it comes to advising somebody, it's, I kind of, it seems like the, what I, the advice that I give them is not really things that they've ever heard before. Cause I get a lot of surprise usually mm-hmm. when I advise stuff and, um, it's, you get to cheat or do whatever you want when you go to where it is that you're going. So a lot of people who ask, or when we talk about this, they're going to, you know, in orange theory, a 
local facility, they're joining classes, they're they're doing this stuff in a bigger setting where they don't have one-on-one attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the message is kind of like, if it means that much to you to get your booty through the door and to go to the class and finish it, then everything else is, you know, play your own game. So the coaches are going to maybe recommend weights, maybe not. They're going to teach you how to do the exercises. They're going to time you through it, whatever it is that's on the menu for that day. And then you get to cheat your way through it. If it says 15 reps and you can only do 10, just do 10. Yeah. And know what, you know, like the only person it's affecting is you, but you're actually doing more for yourself doing 10 good ones than you are doing 15 shitty ones. Um, you know, and it's what's pres- prescribed by your coach is not prescribed for you specifically. So cut corners where you want to cut corners and just honor where your energy is. And if you start feeling better, you can push a little harder, but if not dial it back a little bit, and then at least you got it done. At least you started and finished, but you didn't have to destroy yourself to do it. Yeah. And and I think what's so interesting is because we live in, in, uh, we live in the hustle culture, right? And I'm super subject to it, right? It's hustle more, more, more from this versus that. And, and that's still, and this is, I think, honestly, so the hardest, because I still struggle with it, right? Is like, well, is my body really tired or am I just kind of, you know, not wanting to do it today, right? So, you know, then right. the message is, hey, strap up, let's go. But you have to, and that's, and only comes, I think the biggest thing is it comes with experience, right? So if you're a novice, yes. this conversation is applicable, but not as much because you're still in this growth phase, right? Whereas someone mm-hmm. who's, in the middle, well, you have a you have some reps under your belt and you're trying to figure out, well, am I just lazy or am I tired? Because there is a time where you do need to buckle up and strap up because we did we didn't sure. say don't Absolutely. do anything. You're still checking the box. But that's a that's a hard thing. And again, like because you're gonna always get the questions like, Well, what about this? What about this? We can play what is all day. You just gotta <laughs> get more reps in. You just gotta get more reps in, and then you're gonna know, oh, I actually am tired, broken down, whatever that is. It's not me just being lazy. I'm like legit physiologically depleted versus there are times where it's just like, no, you're, you need to, let's go, come on. Right. And and that's, I think that's definitely a hard, a hard balance for, for, for anybody, but especially the newer to medium experienced individuals. It is, but I really like the word you used just now and it was depleted. Like anybody, whether novice, you know, in the the fitness world or complete expert, like we all know that feeling of depletion, that feeling of just like, I physically just, it feels like I don't have anything to draw from. And there's a huge difference between that feeling of being depleted and empty versus lazy and tired. Um, And, you know, I think it's a lot of it is the coach's duty to explain that those are those are cues for your, from your internal self to listen to. Like, do you feel like you just, if I'm asking you to push harder, you really just can't do anything. You're already scraping the bottom of the barrel. Or do you feel like if I asked you to push harder and was there with you, you'd be able to dig deep and go for it. And I think that's the difference between, you know, whether novice or not, like if you feel like there's something there and you know, in your self-talk, like, you know, there's something there, or you know that there's nothing there. And I think that's a really important distinct distinction to make between the two. And, and again, there are wearable devices, watches, heart rate monitors and things which yep. can help because then some people are just analytical and they need that kind of like, oh, yeah, I have an elevated heart rate or uh, I know Pavel uh, has, I, I think it's a breath hold. You do like 
a couple, you have like one or two inhale exhales, and then it's a breath hold. I can't remember because I don't utilize it where the shorter your breath hold time indicates that physiologically you're depleted, but there are resources mm-hmm. out there if people want those specifics. And I think yeah. what is also cool is, is about all that is like, I came across this and I, and I cannot remember who the guy was. I was trying to find it, but it was on a quick, just, you know, scroll of a reel, but this individual sure. was talking about priorities, right? And he, and he used this five by five model, right? Of the five, top five priorities in my life, like health, faith, fitness, you know, whatever that is, business. And then each one of those have a subset of priorities in order to make that top priority mm-hmm. uh, worthwhile. So in the fitness realm, I've been trying to go through this myself, like realistically, and, and these are supposed to be actionable, actionable items, right? So when you're looking at health, it's like, like you said, like I'm trying to get in two days a week of strength training, three to four days of cardio outside a day, waters of focus, right? Sleep, mm-hmm. right? When you break yeah. down this integration into life, it's not a lack of time. It's a lack of the priority and understanding based on an individual's goals, right? But for more, for most people, when they're struggling to get it into their life, I was like, hey, let's prioritize checking a few boxes, right? So when you're mm-hmm. talking about being depleted, I was like, just go check the box, like get your ass there. It doesn't matter if you RX wad, do it as best as you will. It's just like, just go check the box. Don't kill yourself. And then tell me how you feel the next day. Right. More times than not, they're like so much better. Whereas right. it's not a focus of like checking every single possible thing that I can every single day. Cause that's a recipe for tanking fast. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that people need to be able to, it seems like there's this weird expectation that you know, there's a certain duration and intensity to workouts for them to count. Um, (laughs) you know, and if I move for 10 minutes a day and I had a really work heavy day where I was just kind of stuck in front of a computer for most of the time. And I did that 10 minutes of intentional movement or just went outside for a little bit and just walked up and down my street. And that was it. That counts. That's checking the box. That's really, really awesome stuff. I'm getting vitamin D and getting fresh air. I'm moving my hips. Like there's so much that goes into that but it's not really celebrated in the current landscape. Um, And I would like to see more of that. Also, like if I just, you know, if I did make it to class and I knew that it wasn't going to be a great day and I made it through as much as I could. And I did realize halfway through, like, Ooh, I can't really push it. I I have nothing else to give. Um, And I just kind of sat on the bike for a little bit, or I'm an adult. I can leave whenever I want. (laughs) I just do what I you know, I, everything I possibly could. And I decided like, Hey, this is it. I got nothing left. And I, I proud of myself for coming. I give it my all I'm done. I can go. Yeah. It's not going to ruin anyone's day. I'm not, you know, needing permission from anybody other than myself. I can just excuse myself and I'm done for the day. And that's good. Well, and that's such a big thing too, right? You're in this for you. You're not in it for anybody else. Oh, yeah. You don't know the coaches or anybody, anything. Right. So as we're wrapping up, what are, because uh, obviously some of these people are listening, they're not going to be able to work with you one-on-one, whatever mm-hmm. that capacity or situation might be, or, or they're interested in finding somebody. When you're talking with someone who's on the cusp and really interested of this integration model of how do I fit it into my life, what are either some of the questions or ideas you prompt someone to think about just to help them kind of, you know, 
uh, find that path or direction. So like, for instance, I might be like, well, what are some of the things you actually enjoy doing? Have you ever used dumbbells? Do you know about dumbbells? Do you know about this? Or could it be like, hey, I want you to start thinking about, it's hard to set goals when you don't really know how to integrate it, right? So is there anything right. you kind of prompt people to think about or maybe process through in order to find either the gym or the facility or the coach to work with? There's a couple of different things I would say. Um, when I'm working with someone and, you know, especially right now, it's December, we're moving into holidays. Soon thereafter, we're going to be moving into everybody's resolution of losing 15 pounds. Right. Um, that's probably going to die by February 1st because Please. people don't really get the opportunity to think very much about their why, their deep seated why. And I call it more of an anchor than a why. So, what I mean by that is when you make a resolution that's something along the lines of, I want to lose 15 pounds this year because I want to look better. Well, that's not really the anchor. Usually you have to ask the same question or that ask the question, what's your why or why are you here? Why is this important? And then you ask why five more times past that. And this is something hmm. that precision nutrition has taught me. Yep, and yep. once you keep digging, 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 then you find out like, oh, I feel like when I'm lighter and leaner, I stand taller. I walk through rooms with more confidence. I feel better in life. I feel better at work. I feel better, you know, all these things. That's more of a deep-seated why. So that would be the first step. And that doesn't mean that that translates directly to weight training. It doesn't mean that that translates directly to running or anything else. It just means having a healthier lifestyle gets you this thing. So yep. this is what really means something to you. Outside of that, you need to find, so fitness is a very weird world where everyone's kind of expected to know what to do, which blows my mind. We expect to, oh, just do this. Oh, this is super simple. Oh, follow along. It's like, are you serious? Why do we think people like quit so fast and get so overwhelmed and are completely intimidated because the expectation is completely unrealistic. And a lot of professionals are asking people to be savvy in something that they've been studying and they've been immersed in when they're not, <laughs> when their audience could possibly care less. Um, so I think when you're looking for someone to follow, learn from, be trained by, jump in classes with, whatever the case may be, find someone you're comfortable asking questions and getting really good answers that make sense to you. So. It's very easy. And I still do this too in realms that are not fitness. If I ask a question and I get an answer, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then two seconds later, I'm like, I didn't make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. But instead of going back and advocating like, can you explain it to me again? Or say it differently? Or give me an example? Or do you, are you really good with analogies or metaphors? Because I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. That's hugely important. If you're with somebody who expects a certain level of proficiency and you're not there, that's your cue to find somebody else. Yep. Um, and then to find someone who is humble enough to not always have all the answers and give you, you know, smoke when you're asking for a real. Um, so having a coach who has an air of confidence, but also humility is huge. Going to the biggest, baddest person who seems like they have every single answer all the time. They probably don't. Yeah. And they're probably not wise or safe enough to figure something out with you as an individual to keep you on the right path. Um, so that'd be another one. Just like find someone you're comfortable with. You can ask a lot of questions, even if you feel like they're silly, you should never be meant to feel like your questions are dumb. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and then find, if you want empowerment, find somebody who's going to help you learn in the long run versus you need me. Yeah, It's got to be, you know, if you want it to be sustainable and in your life, you can remember, oh yeah. Okay. So my coach said that it's, you know, if I have a heavy work day, I could maybe just do five squats. And he said, my squats are really good. So I'm just going to do that. And then you have ownership over it versus someone who's making you feel like you need all the bells and whistles. You need their equipment. You need their space. You need, you can't really do anything without them. Um, so yeah. find someone who can help you weave it into your life. And it doesn't always have to be fitness movement related. It can also be drinking water. It can be being mindful before bed or spending some time outside every day or making sure that you, you know, have something green on your plate always. It can be just about anything that aids in a healthy lifestyle. Um, just as long as it's something that is interesting and exciting to you as, as an individual. So that's another, I think the last thing I would say is when I'm talking to clients about maybe how we can integrate better habits into their life or my family or somebody who's wanting to do something better for themselves, like, well, what's most exciting to you? Maybe they did see an, uh, an Instagram ad with sandbags and they thought they were the coolest thing ever. I want to learn how to do sandbags. Awesome. We'll, leave, we'll use that. We'll start there. Yep. Not my favorite tool in the whole world. I do love it. But cool. That's what you're excited about. That's where we're going to go. Or I'm really good at eating vegetables. I'm not so great at eating protein, but I do love it. I just, I don't really think about it or I don't know much about it. Like, cool. We'll teach you where you can put protein into your meals or snacks or whatever it is. So we just find things that like mean something to the person right now. And then we just build one thing at a time. That's perfect. Yep. Rel context and relevance, right? Yep. I love it. Um, where can we, I always forget to ask this, so I got to get it in raw. <laughs> where can people find you? What's best if they wanted to reach out with you, connect? Are you taking on clients? Do you do remote coaching? Is it only in person? No, I am. Um, I am taking on clients. It is going to be remote for the most part, unless someone listening happens to be in the Santa Cruz area. Fair enough. Um, so you can find me on social media. My handle is just my name at Kendra Sato. And then um, I also have a website that I'm constantly working on and building, but I do now have a training page. So it's a little bit about me, a little bit about my credentials um, and a little translation of my credentials. And then um, there's a, a tab that you can click on that actually just emails me directly. So. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, I had a great time talking with you. I think that's such a uh, ton of great information. Again, this is, uh, such, such important, what we see as like nuggets of information, but can be profound for each and every one of you guys. So, uh, if you enjoy it, uh, please share it with someone else, you know, might be on, I want to say the struggle bus, but the, the figuring, uh, figuring it all out, uh, and how to absolutely life. So thanks again. And, uh, looking forward to connecting again soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Uh -huh. Oh, 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 oh